Welcome to the Ignite podcast. Um, as I told you in our messages, um, we mainly are geared towards you know working with teenagers, especially teenagers of color. Mm-hmm. Um, we are doing some really good. Like we're we're based out of Houston. We're doing some really good like you know work here. We um, well before the pandemic hit, you know we were we were scheduling like college tours. We went to U, uh, U of H. Mm-hmm. And I got to tour the campus and everything. And we basically just talk about, um, in our sessions, we mainly just talk about life skills, things that they don't teach in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to, to help. Um, I, I just believe it takes a village to raise kids. And um, I said, I want to give back. Right. So you can start off with uh, telling everyone about yourself and what do you do? Anything that you would like to, you know, plug in the beginning? <laughs> the floor is yours. Okay. Um. So my name is Camille Alexander. I am from Birmingham, Alabama. Um. I started my college career at Jackson State um, in Mississippi, and um, I transferred my sophomore after my sophomore year, um, to Troy University in Alabama. Um, I got my undergraduate degree in health and human service with a minor in biology. Um, and then I also stayed and got my master's degree in rehabilitation counseling and clinical mental health. I currently, um, coach, um, this is, I am going into my sixth year of coaching. Um, I had four years coaching at Troy University um, mm-hmm. after I graduated. Uh, I finished four years there um, coaching sprints and hurdles. And so I just finished my first year at Virginia Wesleyan um, in Virginia Beach. Um, so I'm going into my second year here and I coach sprints and hurdles as well. And I work with jumps a little bit. Um, but that's, uh, what, that's, I guess, all about me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's so good, and I, like I said, I really applaud you because, um, um, yeah, we saw each other at um at one of the uh, track meets, the indoor track meets at um uh, mm-hmm. in Alabama, and I mean, I love um I loved grad school. I love being a graduate assistant. Mm-hmm. Not not gonna lie, it did have its challenges. And especially come like from for me, like I'm very like in uh, um uh, my wife is just now like just finding this out about me, but I am very and uh, actually a lot of people because in college I was so um I was so reserved. Mm-hmm. Um even you even um our we were the undergrad. And, you know, a lot of the guys didn't really know too much uh, about me. But now everybody's, like, figuring out that I'm this outspoken mm-hmm. person <laughs> that um, that has, like, very uh, wild, like, political views and everything. So it's, like, shocking mm-hmm. to, to everybody. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I couldn't – I really felt like I couldn't be myself mm-hmm. when I was coaching. <laughs> oh. And um, – 
I mean, now I work in education, and mm-hmm. um, while I do kind of try to refrain from like you know certain things I say, I do feel like I have a voice, and I'm, you know, I, I'm representing myself, and yeah. uh, of course, I represent the school district. I'm representing the school district that I'm in, but I I am able to um, you know have a, a social media platform where I can say mm-hmm. what I believe in without being ridiculed or people coming mm-hmm. to search my social yeah. media yeah. <laughs> because um and I don't think too many people know about this either but I literally I I got fussed at at uh at Jackson State because I sat down during the national anthem once and um yeah it was like a really big thing like throughout that that whole day and um, after that, I knew for a fact I was like, "Nah, this is this is not for me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this, this is not." So, yeah. That being said, um, we can just hop right on into it. And okay. so, Troy University. Um, let us let us because I've never been to Troy. Let us know. Teach me something. <laughs> <laughs> what is Troy all about? So Troy is a um a I say a, a small it's a big bigger school um but it's in a very small city mm-hmm. um the city is basically the university I mean if you live in Troy um you are associated with the university in in some fashion or some form mm-hmm. um or you just kind of some kind of way grew up there because your family was kind of some in some way associated with the university. It's not a big city at all. Um, we would have to, you know, kind of travel to even like go to the mall or different restaurants about 45 minutes or to an hour. Um, so the university is what makes the city. Um, they're very known for the international um, programs. They, they have a big international population, um, a few campuses in China, um, as well as a couple of campuses ar- across the U.S. So um, they're, they're one of the smaller, um, in the Sunbelt Conference, one of the smaller conferences in Division One. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good school. Okay, so what about, um, so it was, was it uh, something that, was it something to do with the university or was it like you know personal reason that you do not have to disclose um that that made you um you know like want to transfer or what 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 was what was up it definitely had nothing to do with the school i love jackson state mm-hmm. um i i am a diehard tiger fan mm-hmm. um i've always been even since i was a little girl my uncle uh, ran track at jackson state as well so um definitely had nothing to do with the university um it was just a little more of some personal things that i had to do um mm-hmm. just to be able to make sure i was in the position that i needed to be in okay. um and i always kind of you know wonder like what where would i be um, if I would have stayed at Jackson State um, and, and not have transferred. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of contemplate that, like, you know, kind of back and forth, just wondering. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if I would be in a better situation or if it would be, you know, if I would have kind of ended up in the same spot. Um, but I'm grateful for my experience at Jackson State. Um, I do believe that 
um, being at Jackson State helped mold me into the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't take it for granted. Um, I loved every bit of experience that I had there. And I honestly um, would recommend anyone who has to change. It's kind of funny because, you know, I'm, I'm a college coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do not coach at a um, HBCU. Um, and so it's just like I would recommend if you have the opportunity to experience at HBCU to definitely do it. Um, but it kind of is like me saying that and like <laughs> pulling people away from, from coming to my university. Um, but I definitely think it's a great experience and that everyone should be able to have um, at some kind of capacity to be able to experience it. So what would you say? Cause I mean, I definitely agree. I definitely, I think, um, and I think like our kids are, um, are, Starting to um to realize this that it is really good to you know to go to HBCUs. I'm think mm-hmm. we're changing definitely starting. We still have a long way to go. Changing the right. stigma um mm-hmm. about HBCUs, and so like I said, I definitely agree. I JSU definitely helped mold me, like mold me into the person that I am today. I wouldn't be. I don't know where I would be if it was if it wasn't for JSU, um, and I I mean I grew up in in Jackson, so the, like Jackson mm-hmm. Jackson State is like uh, how can I explain it? Jackson State is like how the Atlanta Falcons is to Atlanta. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's yeah. like that's yeah. our institution. So, um, so going to a PWR, it, is there any like you know what differences did you see you know coming from Jackson State going to this um, you know school because and when we were going to Jackson State it was like one of the most diverse like schools and I know you said that Troy yeah. is pretty diverse also but was it like a, a culture like shift or what was your mindset? I, I definitely believe it's it's a culture shift. So I went to a predominantly white high school. Um, so it, it wasn't something that was a complete shift to me because mm-hmm. it was like how my, how my high school was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't say this is really funny. So like, uh, you know, at Jackson State, you know, going to class, everybody dresses up, every, you know, you put on your, your best dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to Troy, it was like, everybody wears sweatpants and t-shirts <laughs> for class. <laughs> like everybody, <laughs> all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. My first week of class there, you know, I'm dressing up, like, finding my little outfits or whatever. And I'm like, dang, like, nobody dressing up for class. <laughs> um, so, like, that was my, like, experience. Because um, I just remember, like, you, you would be late to class trying to find something to wear to, just to go to class. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Troy is just like, <laughs> you throw you a big t-shirt, you throw you some tights, and you go to class. Like, nobody cares. Like, nobody wears really like close close the class at all. um and so that was something like really really big that I noticed and I have kind of jumped in real quick you know like it didn't take mm-hmm. me especially like being an athlete it didn't take me long to be able to to kind of mold into that um the other thing is um just the experience that I had with um the athletic department you know like our um like Mr. Hadley mm-hmm. 
and, and people that were, you know, set in place to be able to help us as athletes um, academically um, and even like just the athletic department in general. Um, that atmosphere to me seemed more of like a family bond mm-hmm. um, as well as when it came to like your different, the different classes, um, you know, like Jackson State, all the, like the freshmen, the sophomore, junior, seniors, like we all did everything together. We had like different initiatives that we did together, community service projects that we did together. Mm-hmm. It was more of a family and a bond at Troy. It's like everybody kind of go their different ways and you don't know who a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior or nothing, you know, like mm-hmm. at Jackson Everybody knew like what class everyone was in. Um, I think you know that also had a lot to do with like our dorm rooms were set up by by what your classes were too. Mm-hmm. At Troy, they they aren't like every you can basically stay in any dorm with no matter what kind of year you are. Um, but I like the aspect of Troy's like classes being so so close together because that's where the family atmosphere comes from. Um, at Troy, I don't, I didn't feel a family atmosphere with the university. You know, mm-hmm. I, I felt that with my team and my teammates. Um, and even with that, like I still felt like I had a closer bond with my teammates um, in Jackson than I did with Troy mm-hmm. uh, as a whole rather. Um, so I, I think that was a huge thing for me and it is why I would recommend a HBCU more than I would a, a PWI um, because that family bond and those, those family relationships are just so important. Um, and like, even like, like just, I say, Mr. Hadley, like I call Mr. Hadley, like right now, if I needed something mm-hmm. and he would help me with it if he could. And like my academic counselor at Troy, like, I honestly can't even remember his name. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I never had to, like, go see him because I never was in any, like, academic trouble. Um, but I wasn't never in any, any academic trouble when I was at Jackson either, but I still knew who my academic counselor was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just those those differences um, really stuck out to me um, as far as just in general of, of the universities, just kind of at the PWI, everybody kind of goes about their little ways and um, at HBCU, it's more of a family atmosphere. Um, everybody, it's, it's just a different bond. Okay, so spinning off of uh, um, the family uh, atmosphere atmosphere thing, so mm-hmm. translated to like the classroom. So were there um like were the the so you know at Jack State we go to a classroom and you you know you can. You can literally walk up to your professor, and I mean, you you mm-hmm. instantly know most of the professors uh, at Jack State. They'll probably know who you are by face, especially if you come to class every day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so, like, was the class size? Because uh, usually you hear at these PWIs, like, um, I have a friend that uh, attended Ole Miss, and mm-hmm. she said literally her one biology class was like almost four hundred kids. Oh wow! So. Was that um, and they literally feel like they are, they're more of a number than a student. <laughs> so was that the case with, with Troy, or was it? I mean, you said it was a, a, a pretty small universe. So was it, you know, any yeah, different well, time or? Definitely smaller than than Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say that, um, like if I think about my my actual um major classes and then like my like say your biology classes and all that kind of stuff i was more closer to my actual major class um teachers than mm-hmm. i were 
um, my no, my non-major teachers. Um, and when I look at the class sizes for like my biology and um, I was, well, I was pretty, I was almost done with a lot of my basic classes too when I got to Troy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was take, still taking um, anatomy. I had to take anatomy um, in the labs and stuff when I was there. Um, in those classes, room sizes, maybe maybe 100 people in a class. Um, but I've also had that same class size when I was at Jackson when I was taking biology as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the difference is <laughs> my my biology teacher at Jackson was black. My anatomy teacher at Troy was white. Um, and, you know, you I hate to say this because it sounds bad, but it's the truth. But, you know, like being a, a black female, like, I felt more comfortable going to talk to my black professor mm-hmm. than I did talking to my white professor. Um, you know, like your your white professors, and, and maybe they may not feel like that, but you know, you all always have this little thought that, you know, you want to you want to make sure everything is right for for them because they're gonna grade you hard or they're not gonna care. You know, you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do not care. Um, and when I was at Jackson, I don't I don't feel like I got that not even necessarily that impression, but I just didn't feel that way. Like, mm. I just, like I said, it's a family atmosphere, so I felt at home. And I knew if I had problems or if I was struggling with something, like, I can go and talk to my teachers. Mm. And not saying that I, I couldn't go talk to my teachers at Troy, but just, like, those impressions that I just didn't get the same impressions um, for my white teachers mm. that I could do that. And, I mean, like you said, Jackson State is a very diverse um, university, so the, all the teachers are are not black there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the teachers that I remember, I had a um, foreign teacher. Um, but I I went to his office and we sat there and we talked for forever until I could figure out how to understand. It was my um, pre cal class mm-hmm. until I could figure out you know how to understand the information. Um, but I don't feel like I got that same atmosphere at Troy that I did at Jackson. Um, so moving forward with the with the communication aspect, um, I mean we we all know that HBCUs are infamous for their administration communication, <laughs> their um, their um, the admissions, and when it comes to financial aid, the communication sometimes it feels like you you just can't get to the people that you need to. Um, yeah. So did you experience like that that same thing at, at Troy? Do you feel like it was you know better? It was better communicating with them, um, like when you needed something with uh, you know you need to go to admissions or anything. I know you you was an athlete, so usually most of the times it's pretty much handled for us, or they tell so, us exactly who to go to. In, in that aspect, I got two different, completely sides of it. Uh-huh. Um, but when I first got to Troy, I think I got my refund check like two weeks after school started. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> and you know, it's almost impossible. Like you get your refund when the semester almost over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I got my refund in early, I was like, "Damn!" Like school just started last week. We always get our, we already get our refunds. Uh, I remember having to go to like when I was at Jackson my freshman year, mm-hmm. having been in a ridiculously long line just to ask for them to balance out my I mean zero out my account so that I could get a, a refund um, and as soon as like you go in there and ask them to do it it is it, done um, but the fact that you even have to 
do that <laughs> to in order to get um your refund check mm-hmm. is just mind blowing to me. And so when I got to Troy and and like it just happens naturally, like and everybody gets their refund at the same time. Like you be sitting there like, Y'all refund chart, refund chart, like everybody <laughs> get refund at the same time. And it's like no later than it's basically after dropping that. So like as soon as dropping that um is like the next week you getting a refund. <laughs> um wow. but okay, um, that you know, like I got to Jackson State um, my freshman year, and I needed my out of state fees waived. Um, and I, I think I just was kind of just kind of not really. My parents didn't really know um, the whole process of school and all that kind of stuff, and did, I didn't really realize that I had out of state fees. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to find a way to be able to pay for my out of state fees when I was there. Um, and like this is just like I literally had no idea what I was doing. My like my mom, my dad, like no idea about anything like that so kind of was just having to figure it out on my own and um Kendra like kind of took me around to talking to these two they said come on we're gonna figure this out like we went from this person to that person to that person to that person and basically I got my out of safety waived and I was able to get a stipend um from the STEM program where I got $500 a month um for mm. I was supposed to be tutoring but nobody actually came to tutor. <laughs> um, so I would sit there for like an hour a day uh, and I got $500 a month. Um, and so that was something where like I went and asked for something and if this person didn't know, they sent me to someone else. And like if that person didn't know, they sent me to someone else and I eventually got what I needed and mm-hmm. I got the financial help that I needed. Um, and I can say that I don't know if when I was at Troy because I was also, you know, I coached at Troy too so I kind of after I graduated and got into that role, I understood the academic process a little more and who to talk to and, and mm-hmm. kind of to get that extra money. Um, but as just a regular student, I didn't have anyone to help me. Like going to financial aid and asking like, hey, I need some more money or I need to figure out. And they're like, here, you can feel like this parent plus loan or here, you can do this other loan. Like mm-hmm. there was no one to sit there. And, and actually, I found out as I was coaching, there was a transfer scholarship that I qualified for that I could have got. Um, and nobody told me about it. Um, I had to, I had the GPA for it. I had the the hours for it, um, and it would have covered the re- remainder of my um, school. And no one told me about it. Uh, instead, they told me to apply for these loans, apply for these loans. Um, and so that's the aspect of the PWI versus the HBCU for me. Um, it's where I felt like financially I was given more help when I asked for it at Jackson than I was at Troy. Like it was just here here's a loan, like apply for this loan, apply for this loan. Um, so, and to find out that there was actually money available to me that I qualified for, it was just kind of like mind-blowing to me. See, yes, this is this stuff is very interesting to like hear because um, I'm thinking about, you know, this is, and this is actually my, my last, once I do this, I am done. <laughs> I'm thinking about going to I'm thinking about going to uh U of H for and this is like my first time. I've been only talking about it with my wife. So this is my mm-hmm. first time like publicly talking about it. But mm-hmm. um I'm thinking about going back to school to U of H mm-hmm. for to um say about becoming a principal one day. And yeah. more black male principal. Uh, yes. As working in the field like actually working I mean, because in Jackson, I was working at uh, my old high school, but I mean, I was just mm-hmm. an assistant coach. But mm-hmm. being down here and like, I, we have, because one of the principals at the middle school that I work at, he, I mean, he's a, um, he's a black male, but 
you we our area that we're in is predominantly uh you know hispanic and mm-hmm. black and um i mean he's he's not like around uh, my age he's a lot no he's a lot up there so yeah. it's kind of i'm pretty sure it's definitely hard for him to kind of relate. relate to the kids and you know, come get through them in uh, different ways or whatever. It's just, you know, it's my way or nothing's going to happen. So, and I also just came from, uh, last year I worked at an elementary school. Okay. And it was all women. And (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not, I kid you not, I was one of, uh, one of four males that worked in the entire building. And and I am, I was, well, before we had a guy named Mr. Flowers there and he didn't, he left like a few months in and I was the only black male until I brought like a friend um, on to come in and work in the special ed department with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can just, I don't know, really, I didn't really feel like that school needed like black males because they, um, I mean, it was a predominantly Asian area. Uh, but and around like the the surrounding uh, areas, because Houston is a very diverse city, as we all know. But yeah. majority of the schools like is really no black like males. Majority of them are um, no black females or Hispanic women, um, mm-hmm. and and white males. Yeah, and white males. So it's just it's yes, we definitely need more. But my point is, <laughs> um, I it's really interesting here because like I said, I'm going to I'm want to attend the university, uh, University of Houston, and now I know like kind of like certain things I need to like look out for. And <laughs> I was talking to one of my coworkers, and I was like, I just don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to go to Peerview. I don't know if I want to go to U of H, and everything. Mm-hmm. And she told me, and. I really wasn't thinking about this until she told me, which is wild. She was like, Mr. Almo, like your biggest flex is you're black. Mm-hmm. Going to, you can easily, easily probably get into the University of Houston on that alone. Mm-hmm. So it is. I will say when it comes to like master programs, I'm not sure on the scale of undergraduate programs, but master programs, they want black people in these programs. Um, and I don't know if it has to do with like funding or like whatever the case may be, but like my master's program, like I was a GA at Troy, mm-hmm. but I also got, um, my tuition and stuff paid for through my program as well. So like I was getting like double money on both ends. Um, and like, it was just a grant. It's like a free grant and they will give you money. And most master's pro- programs are smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to have a diverse population in their student, um, you know, the student ratio is important for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that has to do with, like, just promoting the, the programs or um, if it's how they get funding for their programs or what. Um, but I did re- realize that for, for most master's programs, like, they're going to get you in. Like, I have a friend right now who is in OT school, but when she was like applying and interviewing and all that kind of stuff, um, they were like, you know, don't worry about anything. Like we're going to make sure you get in because their OT program was majority white. 
Mm. Um, and they needed black students in the program. Um, so like that, like being black in America can have its pros and cons. You just got to find out how you can use it to your advantage. Yes. And I mean, this, I know this where I like really wild for like the audience to hear. And cause I can look at like our uh, statistics on through like Apple or and the anchor app that um I use. Mm-hmm. And the majority of, uh, we do actually have like some young adults that listen to like 18, the 18 through uh, 22 range. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure this is like crazy for them to to hear because I'm pretty sure nobody nobody tells them and even I didn't. I'm, um, as you can see, most of this stuff we didn't learn until we were already in yeah. in the programs. Um, and so yeah, this is really really good information. Um, so with the, I told you I wanted to talk about um, last few few points. Um, the social like aspect. Um, you already talked about like you know how things go. You know, at Jack State is basically a, it's definitely a um a fashion show going to class. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when it comes to you know social things, whether it be parties, because just about every every college is a party school nowadays. Yeah, parties or excuse me, or, you know, join, joining, like, clubs at the um, at the university, anything with organizations or anything like that. Is there anything you can tell us about, you know, Troy? Because, I mean, I, be, I talk to them about HBCUs and the different, um, you know, organizations that I'm pretty sure they're going to run into um, – because a, a lot of them are considering, like, HBCUs and, you know, I've I, I'm not Greek, and I'm I, I don't try to speak on Greek, but I I just tell them what I see, and yeah. uh, you know tell them what I see, and hopefully they go research it themselves and and figure yeah. out you know and um um uh, I try to tell them about the you know the athletic things and everything. So how was that? At, was that any different like at Troy or how'd you go about that? Um, I'm not Greek either. Um, but I will say, I mean, you know, we all got eyes and, and we all, you know, you don't have to not be Greek to, I mean, you don't have to be Greek to, to realize like how Greek atmosphere is, mm-hmm. um, like they, you know, just kind of like just seeing them, um, in the student body. I mean, I can say in my personal opinion, you know, other people may have their own opinions. Um, I think Greek life is, um, perceived to me to be better at HBCU than it is. Um, a PWI. Um, I would think it would have something to do with, you know, um, um, you know, fraternities and sororities were founded at HBCUs, um, not PWIs, but the the atmosphere of it all is just different. Like, the tailgating with the HBCUs um, compared to the PWIs is different. Um, like, the step shows are different. The, the parties are different. Um, and I think it's a little different for me when I was at Troy because Troy, um, like town, so we didn't have any clubs, so most of them were like bars or we went to like a rec center for parties. Uh, where mm-hmm. at Jackson State, like the Greeks had parties at the club at clubs. Um, but in my personal opinion, like I said, people may feel differently. <laughs> um, I just think the Greek life was better for me to witness 
at a HBCU than it was at a PWI. I just felt like it was just, I don't know. I like, like you say, it's just something you have to really experience yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like it's just different. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah. So with that, um, and then you have the different organizations. I feel like at Jackson State, like you wanted to be a part of some organization. And I know like we were athletes and it was kind of hard, um, but you still, you like, you wanted to do something. You wanted to be in something. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was at Troy, um, you know, I'm still an athlete, but like, if I didn't want to be in something, I didn't have to be in it. And like, mm-hmm. it didn't bother me either. Um, and that's not to say like, I wasn't, I was very involved with a lot of organizations when I was at Troy. Um, but I have a lot of peers and I had a lot of friends and a lot of teammates who didn't care to be in any organizations and they weren't, um, where at Jackson State, I feel like it was completely different. Like everybody was involved with something. Um, and like I said, I think that's the family atmosphere at Jackson State, you know, like you want to be involved, you want to do something, you you know, if you didn't want to do something, you got you have somebody down the hall, like, come on, girl, we're going to this, we're going to that, you know. Um, at Troy, everybody just kind of it could be their own drum, you know, everybody doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, which this may have been the same thing at Jackson too, but like I was also my last year at Troy when I was coaching, I was an advisor over an organization, um, and I found that a lot of people joined the organizations so that they could be Greek. Um, and so it was like people coming to me wanting like letters and all this kind of stuff. And then like you write them a letter and then once they cross, like you don't see them no more. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I don't recall that being the case at, like, like I said, I was in a different position. I was the advisor at that point when I was at Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't when I was at Jackson State, but I don't recall like people being in organizations crossing and then like leaving their organizations behind. Like I said, I could be wrong. Maybe I just didn't realize it or I didn't pay any attention to it. Um, but I, I, to me at Troy, people use organizations so that they could be Greek. Rather, at Jackson, I felt like people were really heavily involved in their organizations. They they took it to heart. Like mm-hmm. they put their and they're all into their organizations. Uh, and I felt like sometimes at Troy, it wasn't the same. Like the organizations were just there so that they could be in a Greek organization. Um and not to say that the organizations still weren't good organizations. They are great organizations, especially the one that I was um, an advisor of. Um, I just felt like the the end goal for certain people when they were joining those organizations weren't the same. I definitely, uh, I definitely, um, definitely see. I can see it because at, at Jackson State, um, well, okay, let me say this. So we. We all know as athletes, we we visit a lot of college campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and as many as the college, I mean, sometimes it, maybe it just be the time of day we get to the campuses. Maybe it's just I don't I don't really know. Um, but it just seems like at I mean at HBCUs, like we see like Greek life, like it's on full display. Mm-hmm. Most of the organizations are on like full display. But when you go to like a University of Alabama, we've been to a few times. I I have, I've been on U of H campus. Is like, I can 
count on my fingers and toes how many times I've been in that campus. And I mean, we've been to when we went to Kentucky, uh, we went to the University of Kentucky. I it just seems like these are things that you um you have to go looking for. Yeah. And I and that I think that goes back to me, you know, saying that those fraternities and sororities were founded at HBCUs and I feel like they're more historic and um uh, how do I say this? <laughs> I, they're more embedded within the university mm-hmm. than they are at H, at PWIs. Like there are like I can go to a, a a classroom and like talk to someone else who's not you know black um, and say like something about like the AKs and like they would literally not know what I was talking about. Oh my like, God. <laughs> what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm like what is that you know like they they have no idea um even like some of the teachers like they they don't know um and so it's not something um that I feel like is known across the board Mm. um but I think that's hard to that's hard to decipher from when you are um Okay, I'll say this. I feel like at Troy, there there are like there are two universities in one. Um, you have your your black students and you have your white students. Um, you have your black organizations, you have your white organizations. Even without fraternities and sororities, you still have your white organizations and your black organizations. Um, and those like even to, as sad as it sounds, you even have your black tailgating and your white tailgating. Now, I don't think that is on purpose. Mm-hmm. I just think that black people choose to tailgate in this area and white people choose to tailgate in that area. But, like, it's literally, like, a completely different, like, atmosphere and lifestyle. And I think that's where it becomes where you don't feel as one within the university mm-hmm. because the university is, is torn in between two. Um, it, it's just, a, like, a completely different life. Where at Jackson State, everybody is one, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Every you you got mostly black people in all the organizations, even if they're not, you know, a sorority or fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with at Troy, like your your black people, they stay in these organizations and they don't kind of switch over. And even the organization that I was an advisor on, and I was also a member in it too as well when I was an undergrad. And we tried to make that organization diverse. Like we like when I was an advisor, like we would um, you know, kind of advertise to the white females purposely mm-hmm. because we didn't want the organization to seem like it was an African-American organization because it wasn't. Um, we would have like every once in a while a, a white um, student come and join, but most of the time that white student had black friends. Um, and as much as we would advertise it to white students, like they just wouldn't. Um, like we would even have some come to the interest meeting and then when they came to the interest meeting like they didn't come they didn't turn in a packet for application Um, so like I just feel like when you are at a PWI you are this university is divided whether you want the university to be divided or not like it's definitely divided there's there's a black part of the university there's a white part of the university there may be a little mixture in between but like it's very rare so okay so and this is this 
so this is the last point and uh, we can wrap it up. Um, so I know I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Florida and them, Florida and them. And there's a PWI right across the street. And I'm not sure if it's Florida state university. I pretty sure it's FSU. If I'm Gang- wrong. Uh, Florida A&M is in Gainesville, right? No, I don't think it's in. I don't think it's in Gainesville. I think uh, oh, University of Florida is in Gainesville. Um, I think if I'm, let me check this out real quick because I don't want to. Um, I'm pretty. I know for a fact because a lot of Florida black uh kids on Twitter talk about it. Like they're constantly in feuds with each other. Um, let me see, Florida. Is in yeah, it's in Tallahassee. So it's right across the street from uh Florida State. Mm-hmm. So they, I've seen on Twitter. I mean, when I had my uh my old Twitter, because I had to let that go. <laughs> it, it just it got too toxic. Um, they um. A lot of the HBCU kids that go to um they go to Florida and um they feel like um they feel very disrespected sometimes by the black kids that go to Florida State. Mm-hmm. And they I've seen on Twitter them feuds saying like, you know, y'all don't want to come to our school, but you're always at our homecomings and blah blah blah. And we're we're all talking about the can you have do you think that you can have a black experience at a PWI? And not every not every black team is gonna need that experience for but for the ones that want it, mm-hmm. in your opinion, do you believe um, these in undergrad, in undergrad especially, do you think they can have a black experience at PWIs? In my opinion, just to make you feel more comfortable, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just that's just my opinion. I don't think you can. I don't think you can have a, a totally black experience at a predominantly white university. And these. I- you go, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I don't. I I think you can have a black experience at a PWI, but it's not the same experience. Um, and when you when you first started talking, I started laughing because uh, when I was at Troy, when I was in undergrad, people like we'd have like a, a party that everybody would think was lit or whatever, whatever, or like tailgating that everybody would think was lit, mm-hmm. and maybe um, Troy is a uh, Troy HBCU now or like Troy. Um, what would they say? Like something on the lines of like basically the tailgate or the party was so lit that it compared to a HBCU party or a HBCU tailgate. And when I every time I would hear that, for one, I would think it would be very disrespectful because Troy could never be at HBCU because Troy is not a historically black university. Yes. Um, and the reason that HBCUs are called HBCUs is because we were not allowed to attend PWIs. And I feel like that kind of gets a little lost. And I think that people who attend HBCUs Mm -hmm. are very passionate about their university. Mm -hmm. They're very passionate about the history of their university, um, as they should, 
um, because we weren't allowed to go to these universities. I mean, Troy is literally the, the role that Troy is on is named after a slave owner, um, a known slave owner. And they have been petitioning to get the, um, that name changed for years. And they actually had a um, building name as well. And they finally got the building name changed to um, John Lewis. Um, and, you know, that was just a, a big stride for them. But mm-hmm. I just don't feel like Black students at PWIs understand that. It's like you could never be a HBCU because you're not founded on an HBCU. Like our ancestors worked hard to be able to find or found a university where only Black people could go. Well, not necessarily only Black people could go, but where Black people could allowed to go to white universities. Mm-hmm. Um, when they try to compare or when they try to to do the things that HBCUs do, I think they just think it's like it's lit. Like, oh, we had a lit party so we could be an HBCU or we had a lit tailgate or so we could be an HBCU. And I think the disconnect is, I think that's where the few comes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think the PWI students really care uh, and they don't understand um, that concept. Um, so, like, even when I was at Troy, and people said to me, like, wait a minute, time out. Like, <laughs> no. Like, for one, this cannot even compare. This party, this tailgate, this nothing can even compare to the same thing that Jackson State could ever have, um, let alone, like, this could never be a HBCU. Like, mm-hmm. do y'all understand what an HBCU is? It's not just where Black people go. Um, and I think that's where um, the discount. Um, and I just don't look for one. I feel the reason why I feel like you can't have that same experience is because PWIs, the universities, and the institutions in general are not going to let ha- stuff happen as as a HBCU would. Like we used to have hot spots on Fridays where people got out of class after twelve mm-hmm. and we parties on the on the uh, plaza. Like that would never happen at an HBCU, like ever. Like we literally at Troy, there's literally. Um, uh, like parts on campus where you can like play music and you can have something like they would uh, like have at State, like a hot spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to have it on a specific side of the university and the music cannot be too loud where it's interrupting class. And, you know, like it, it has to be censored in a, in a certain way where I feel like that, that would never happen at Jackson State because that's just our culture. Like yeah. it's accepted because that's who we are. And when you try to do that at a, at a PWI administration, it's like, we can't do that. We don't mm-hmm. do that Mm. Um, and I, I think that's where the difference comes when it comes to having a black experience at a PWI and having a black experience at an HBCU. Um, they're, they're just things that, you know, that are normal, that are, you know, in our norm um, that we do at HBCUs. And you wouldn't like think twice about doing it. And at PWIs, like, you got to ask permission to do it. Um, or, you know, somebody gets upset or a teacher complaining or, you know, but, but it's just because they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, no, uh, I don't think you have a Black experience the same um, at a PWI as you would at an HBC, but you definitely can have a Black experience because, like I said, the university is technically torn in between two. Okay. Okay, so I, okay, I, that shed a whole new light, so I definitely, mm, Definitely agree with that, um, and I also think that people. I just, I just think that uh, a lot of uh, we don't our history don't doesn't get 
talked about um, enough, mm-hmm. um, like HBCUs, because a lot of them don't know um, about like the things that went on, um, like trying, like getting Jackson State like started and founded and everything. And then once it did get founded, I mean, uh, I just feel like if you go talk to a black student at Ole Miss. They probably and you tell them like you know like our plaza is historic. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, and you you like tell them that oh you know this this plaza this is this is where we yeah we have these hot spots and everything like that or whatever and a lot of people don't even know we fellowship on the uh, on the plaza. I was telling my niece, you know we fellowship on the plaza. Uh, Kurt Franklin came out there one time and like it's and. Even though we do all that, you can go and read the signs of this complete massacre that happened mm-hmm. on this street. Um, and like I said, I just I really just think it's not like talked about um, enough. And you know when they when they say that, like oh we can we can also be at HBCU at a PWI. I just I agree. It's very very dis- disrespectful. And I, and I- think a lot especially like today's generation um or the, just even this the younger generation i feel like it's something that you learn as you grow um mm-hmm. but they don't understand what hbcu stands for um i guarantee you a lot of people don't even know it stands for historically black university oh yes um, i i know because when i first told them about when i first told my uh the kid that I mentor about it they had no clue what mm-hmm. it stood for and if they do know what it stands for, they don't understand the reason why we have HBCUs is because we couldn't go to predominantly white institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like at my job now. My job now is um, we're a predominantly white institution. Um, and I remember talking to uh, my AD one time and I think I like I just like said something. I can't remember what we were talking about, but I said the word HBCU and I said the word PW. No, I just said the word HBCU. And she looked at me and she said, what is that? And I looked at her like, what? Oh, my God. What is is that? And I was like, HBCU, like historically black college universities? Um, And she was like, oh. And I was like, do you know what a PWI is? Like, they don't even know what a PWI is. Like, white people don't even know what a PWI is. Oh, my God. Like, you've never heard of a PWI? She's like, no. I was like, we are a PWI, predominantly white institution. They don't they don't know those differences. Um, and I guess because they never had to, because they could go to whatever school they wanted to go to and be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they never had to be able to decipher between the two. Um, so I, th- I think that's where the disconnect comes from is a lot of people don't understand the history behind HBCUs um, and why it is disrespectful for people to say a PWI can be an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, because parties is not having parties all the time and whatever whatever like that's not what makes a, a hbcu a hbcu like yeah of course that happens and i'll tell you this a lot of people at the pwi could not be able to handle hbcu life it's all cute and fun and games until you fill in all your classes yes, yes. No party, can't go to class the next day <laughs> um <laughs> I, I just like i because uh, one of my kids knew one of them knew what HBCU was, and I'm furious because of how she knows. 
So she goes to a um she goes to um I'm pretty sure it's a charter school. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's a charter because they're like in abundance out here in Houston. But at her apparently her counselors were to like we me and her, she's on a debate team at her school. So me and her got into like this whole debate. Um I was literally in there debating a teenager <laughs> about this. <laughs> Um, she said that, um, at her school, her counselors told her that she needs to go to a prestigious white college because if she has HBC on her, on her resume, um, jobs wouldn't take her seriously. She called a PWR prestigious white university? No, it's not that, but her, um, it's just her, uh, yeah, her counselors told her that she needs to go to a prestigious, like, uh, she needs to go basically to a white college. And, um, yeah, because if she goes to uh, HBCU, they're not going to take her seriously in in her career field. And it made me so mad. Now, I will say this, uh, and this is just being honest in the world that we live in. You will apply for some jobs, and they see that you graduated from HBCU, and they may not want you. But (laughs) in that aspect, you should not want to go to or work for a company who thinks that way mm-hmm. or judge you based off of the school you went to or better yet would judge you just because you went to a historically black university mm-hmm. uh, like that's just like that's just honesty like there are people out there who do that mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't make those universities any lesser than they are um, and like I just I don't agree with being like telling someone that because it's not true you know I think we just may do it. Like, people are like that. People do look at your resume. Um, mm-hmm. They say, I- "I'm not going to look at this resume because that's HBCU." Um, but you don't. You shouldn't want to work for anyone who does that anyway. I think what just really like made me upset was the fact that like we have, yes, it's true that we have people out there like that, but the fact that we have so many like people that are doing. Like huge things, and they graduated from uh, HBCU. And mm-hmm. to tell like this young girl that, like, you know, what if just I have a very realistic view of of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what if she can't get into? Cause she, I'm, mean, cause I, I did this little thing with them where I wanted them to go research some colleges that they wanted to go to, and. I would um I would come uh they give them colleges to me and I would do a little bit more research to kind of like help them figure out you know which what what they're looking at and is this the right thing for them mm-hmm. and you know she brought me back you know Harvard Yale and everything like this and there's nothing wrong for you as a black student wanting to go to these schools if you have the grades I just want to say if you have the grades. To go to these schools, you have the grades to get in. You think you can get in. Go do it. But not everybody is so lucky. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to tell her that, like, you know, you have to get in this school so you can get a good job is kind of, you know, what if she can't get in there and then her whole world is just crushed and she feels like, oh, I'm going to be a failure because I didn't get into this white school. Yeah. And I, I don't think that whoever told her that should have, you know, said that. Like, mm-hmm. 
like I said, it, there is some some truth to what she said that people do do that. But she also should have told her you you shouldn't want to work for a company that does that anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. So, I this... I will I will say um, I forgot to mention this um, because you know I was an athlete at Jackson. I was an athlete at Troy as well, mm-hmm. um, and I can say it. And I feel like I. Like I said, I'm a little biased on both ends because I don't I don't coach at a, a HBCU yet, mm-hmm. and um and I didn't finish you know my athletic career at an HBCU, um but I I really wish more athletes, um specifically football, um our athletes mm-hmm. would seek out to to play sports at HBCUs, mm-hmm. um and I know the reason why a lot of them don't. It's because HBCUs don't have the funding that that PWIs have, mm-hmm. um, and but I think that, and and I think Deion Sanders is doing an amazing job, and I think the things that he's doing is going to change some of that, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but we those HBCUs can't get better funding if we can't get better athletes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson State right now is in a position now where they're getting more publicity, so they're they're able to get more um, or better athletes, which will in return be able to win more games, which will in return be able to bring more money into the university, which in mm-hmm. return will be able to give better facilities for um, for the university. Um, and I can say when I did go to Troy, like yes, the athletic facilities are are way better than they were at Jackson State, um, but that's because they have you know great athletes coming into their program and being able to get those resources for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but our HBCUs can do the same thing. We just got to have people to to stop looking at the, the stigma of I can't go to the NFL if I go to the HBCU or mm-hmm. I can't be a conference championship or I can't go to NCAAs if I go to HBCU. Like Jackson State has had, has, has had many showings at NCAA um, competitions. Um, just as much as they have at Troy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the st- if we just stop the stigma of I can't be great at an HBCU in general, um, that would turn a, a lot of things around for HBCUs, period. Mm-hmm. Um, stop letting these people tell us, you know, because even when I was in high school, like, <laughs> this is so funny. I was in high school and I finally signed to Jackson State. Like, I was, you know, these news articles and, and these publications, um, even though my coach and myself would say Jackson State, they would change it and they would put Jacksonville State University, um, which is a school in Alabama. Yeah. A um, people were, no one encouraged me to apply to HBCUs. It was something like literally only, like the only reason why I seeked out Jackson State is because my uncle went to Jackson State and it was a school that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I, my uncle didn't go to Jackson State and I had no other ties to Jackson State, I would have probably never looked at an HBCU to go to school. Um, and I feel like people kind of deter students away from going to HBCUs because they don't think the opportunities are as good there, which when they can be, um, they just need the resources mm-hmm. that PWIs have. And the only way to get those resources is to get better athletes there, um, you know, so we can get the publicity that we need and be able to get the resources that they need. Um, so it's all a money game mm-hmm. at the end. And when you, when you graduate from your HBCU, donate to your HBCU, give back to your HBCU. 
um, you know, that's the, that's the only way that our schools can, can be better. I definitely, definitely agree. And I mean, we're starting to like see like the culture shift um, of a lot of these big named, um, a lot of these big named basketball, uh, high school basketball players are kind of like, you know, having HBCUs in there, where they go or not is, you know, remains to be seen. But a lot of them are you know, having HBCUs in their, um, in their list of, you know, college they visit, college they think about going, and one of the uh, the top uh, high school recruits in basketball. I think, I think he's gonna be a freshman next year or the year after. One of them. He, uh, you know, he just signed. Well, he uh, verbally committed to Howard, and mm-hmm. you know, and his whole thing was, you know, I want to change the stigma. I want to. Um, I feel like we should. You no, know, as black athletes to start going to HBCU. So there, I think we're starting to get it, and it's going to just starting to be like a landslide. And it mm-hmm. just, you just, we need somebody to do it first. And, and the addition of Dion is like making having like a snowball effect. So we're it's on notice. So I feel like, and hopefully, you know, the ball keep rolling. We should be in very good hands and getting, especially Jackson State, especially. Um, Especially um schools like I said, schools like Howard and um and oh I forgot the school name, I'm so sorry. Either way, I feel like <laughs> we're gonna be in good hands in a few years. So but yeah, um that was an a great, great conversation and I feel like the kids got is gonna have a lot of information to like take in. So I really, really appreciate you again for coming on and, you know, talking with me. It was good to catch up and talk. Thank um, you. Like I said, I like to talk. So I... <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know uh, one of these, I do also do a series on the podcast where we kind of, uh, I call it um, So You Want to Be. And I kind of bring on people in different uh, career fields. Um, I brought um, another Jackson State alum on, and she um, she basically um, she she's a, a suicide prevention like therapist like right now. So yeah, I brought her on, and and um, one of the other episodes we kind of like talked about it. And I brought another uh, my niece who who does this podcast with me but uh, she has to work but um yeah she wants to be a nurse so she's like you know picking schools picking nurse schools and everything like that I brought a uh my wife knows um one of her friends is a nurse so we brought her on and like talked to her and she kind of like got to like ask questions so you being in the coaching field um I would love to bring you back on one of these days um space these out a little bit, bring back on one of these days and we can kind of talk about the things you do and, you know, give a little insight to that career. If for you're sure. Okay, cool. And we'll, we'll set that up. I mean, I'll hit you up on Instagram, every, anything we need to do, but we're all done and uh, I will let you, you can plug whatever you want to plug. You can tell people to follow you on Instagram and okay. and whatever you would like to do, the floor is yours, and we'll close it out. Um, 
Well, if you got any athletes who uh, run track, uh, my email is calexander at vwu.edu. Um, my t- coach's Twitter is at c-a-m-e-i-a-a. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. Thank you for having me. No problem, no problem. And um, we'll speak again. So, peace. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ignite is based out of Houston, Texas, and the program helps young individuals strengthen their self-confidence, find their voices, and lead them down the best paths to reach their academic and life goals. And we are internally grateful for your support.